Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. If you're a parent, as I am, of two teens, and they start driving, it can be one of the single most stressful time in a parent's life. I swear to God, it is terrifying knowing that your children are starting to drive because they're your little children and now they're driving around. And my 16-year-old daughter, every time she leaves the house and she just got her license, I sit there and, and watch her drive out the driveway. Teen driving is something that we all have to go through, but what do we need to know about teaching our teens to drive, the safety, and even if you have a teen with special needs, what do you need to know about that? My guest today is Dr. Brian Johnston. He's a professor of pediatrics and adjunct professor of health services at the University of Washington in Seattle. Dr. Johnston, I'm so glad to have you with us because as we've learned about teen brains over the years and not yelling at our kids when they're learning to drive because it sets off weird electrical impulses. What is the first most important thing you want parents to know about that time period when our children are taking driver's ed and we have to drive around with them and give them those practice hours? Yeah, well, uh, thank you, Melanie. And I, I absolutely sympathize with your concerns as a, as a parent of teens myself. I think the, um, I think probably the most important thing for parents to to realize is those hours that you're spending with your son or daughter in the car, giving them some structured experience is the most important investment you can make in terms of their ultimate uh, safety behind the wheel. You know, I I know we we do focus on the neurobiology of adolescence, the, the problems that are inherent in the developing adolescent brain, the lack of judgment, the lack of planning, things that uh, any parent of a teen is familiar with. Uh, the truth is that the biggest single risk factor for teen drivers, though, is their, their inexperience. And the best solution to address that inexperience is supervised practice under a variety of, of conditions. We we tend to put in the time uh, before kids are licensed, uh, getting the whatever 50 hours behind the wheel um, of supervised practice that most states require. Uh, we rely on driver's education to teach the basic rules of the road. And then as soon as kids get their license, they're often cut free. And uh, I think that's a mistake. We know that that period right after licensure is um, a really high-risk time for kids. They, their driving changes. They become more aggressive, less careful, and their uh, risk of crash or crash-related injury uh, at least triples during the first three months after after they get their license. Right. You know, and, and that's hard to hear. And when my daughter got her license, the lady said, I'm going to give her her license, but she needs more confidence. She's a little too overcautious. And I was like, well, I mean, I know that can cause an accident too. But I, I think now she's getting a little more confidence as she's driving around. So first, let's talk about how parents can help their teens get that practice time driving. It's terrifying for us. We sit there, you know, shaking, trying not to say, no, 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 wait, you're too close to that other car. What are we supposed to do when we are driving around with them? Give us your best advice on sitting there and not having our blood pressure go through the roof. Sure. I, I mean, I think uh, the the way parents contribute to 
growing good drivers starts long before kids get their learner's permit. You need to be a good role model yourself. You need to, uh, you know, to avoid distractions when you're driving, put down your cell phone, um, be a thoughtful driver. Uh, set, set an example so that kids know what a good driver looks like before they themselves get behind the wheel. Once you're, once you're sitting in the passenger seat and it's your child who's driving, I think um, we tend to fall into the trap of doing the easiest thing to get through the hours. You know, it's much easier to go on uh, suburban streets with uh, little traffic that are familiar to the child because it's not stressful for them and it's not stressful for you and you're just counting the minutes. Uh, the reality is kids need a variety of experience under different conditions. And so you should push yourself a little bit uh, to take the child as appropriate into different environments, into different situations, and, and allow them to experience that before they're doing it on their own. And then finally, you know, once, once uh, a child actually has their license, most states have a graduated driver's licensing or intermediate licensing program that restricts their, the child's ability to drive under certain conditions when they're early in their period of licensure. And parents are key to, to uh, making sure that that is enforced. It's very hard for a police officer to know who's behind the wheel and whether they're w within the first six months of their driving, but you know where your child is and where they are in terms of their driving experience. And so really being clear about the restrictions, like on nighttime driving or carrying teen passengers, um, those are things that are that we know will reduce the child's risk of being involved in a crash, um, and it's something that parents can enforce so that they, the, the driving that kids do do after they're licensed happens in a much more controlled and uh, predictable and safer way. Absolutely, and so that segues very nicely into the parent-teen driving agreement that the AAP has put out, and listeners can see this on HealthyChildren.org and access this parent-teen driving agreement. Tell us what that is, doctor, and why it's so important. I did it with both of my children. Yeah, well, as I said, the uh, driving uh, as a as a skill and an activity is, is crucial to kids, and uh, it's an important milestone for them in terms of their own independence. At the same time, it's probably the riskiest single thing that a teenager is going to do. And as a parent, you want some say over, over what that looks like. And so the parent-teen driver contract is really just a way to structure a conversation and some expectations. If you're going to be allowing your child to use your vehicle or you're going to purchase a vehicle for them, um, or if they're going to be driving someone else's car, you want to be able to set the parameters. Uh, most of the parameters follow the, the best practices of graduated driver's licensing, um, but they, they set clear expectations about not carrying team passengers, about never driving after uh uh, drinking or using drugs or doing anything else that might impair you, including being particularly tired, which uh, is not unusual among teens. Um, they need to be able to recognize that if they are in a situation where they don't feel that they can drive safely, they should be able to call you or to uh, to get a ride share that you'll pay for. So having that conversation in a structured way is the most important thing about the parent-child driving contract. And uh, the, the example that's on healthychildren.org is a, a good place to start. Well, it certainly is. And to me, my biggest fear is the texting thing. And also, as you say, getting into a car if they'd been drinking or if one of their friends, we didn't have Uber back then. You know, if we called a cab, that was rare. Now they can call Uber. How can we tell 
whether our kids are abiding by it. How can we tell if they are texting and driving or if they come home and they get home safely and they say, oh yeah, no, my friend hadn't been drinking tonight. Are we to believe them? I know it's it's all in your relationship with your kids and communication, but the texting thing, that's hard to know. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it is a, a trust but verify situation, I think, in most most households. The, uh, the reality is that distraction... Um, is a problem for all drivers, including adults. So again, being a good role model and putting your own cell phone away sets that expectation early. Once kids get behind the wheel, um, it, it's hard for us as parents to know what really goes on in the car. There are some apps and some cars that uh, actually come with uh, with teen driving modes that limit access to electronic distractions. If you're in a position where you could afford that for your child, I would certainly um, encourage that. There, there are driving mode apps on cell phones, and um, some insurers, believe it or not, will will actually uh, uh, pay for you to install vehicle monitoring software and a and a uh, camera and accelerometer in the vehicle that your child will be driving. And while it doesn't monitor them all the time, it does detect uh, sudden stops, swerves, uh, erratic lane changes, and takes a, a snapshot of data in terms of what was going on inside the car and what was going on outside the car during that risky driving moment. And that's fed back uh, to, to the family. That's a uh, a way that I think for kids feels somewhat intrusive, but for parents, it uh, gives you a lot of information to continue uh, monitoring your child's driving once they become independent. Wow, that's pretty cool. And 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 my 19-year-old son recently had his first fender bender, and we used it as a real teachable moment. So thank God nobody was hurt, but he had turned to look and then hit the gas before he turned to look back. And I mean, I laid into him pretty good about what if there'd been somebody walking in front of him or what if, you know, there, a number of things, if he would have pushed the car out into traffic, all of these things. And now it's a teachable moment. And, and he has told me he's driving so much more carefully. So, you know, what are we to do as far as using those teachable moments and hoping that it's nothing disastrous or terrible tragedies, but to use those moments as teaching tools so that they will learn and become better drivers. Well, I think you are uh, setting a good example with, with your own experience. I, I do believe these are teachable moments, and I think it's it's important to have a discussion with what what happened? What contributed to this? What could you have done differently in the future? And kids do uh, they do internalize this, these lessons. Again, part of the problem is the only way we learn a lot of these is by making the mistakes. And as you said, we hope that the mistakes are small and that they involve scratches and not injuries. Um, the The reality is that uh, the real risk to teens uh, in terms of uh, major crashes, death, or injury um, happens in, in circumstances where uh, they're going a lot faster than you would you would experience a fender bender. And so um, paying attention to speed and risky driving in teens is probably um, more important than worrying about these, these bumps, scrapes, and scratches that are part of the driving experience for all of us at some point. One of the interesting things I found with my son when he was first going through driver's ed is our local community police came and spoke to all the parents, you know, and he told us that kids that get a car in their first year, that there's a higher rate of accidents. And, and he says, so please don't buy your children a car. 
this first year. Just don't, or we will end up seeing you. And we all thought that was rather, you know, stark. It was pretty severe that he said that, but I took it to heart. I'm like, you're not getting a car till you can afford one. And that might be 24. I don't care. But so have you heard that before too, about buying your kids a car and giving them their own car to use? Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into that decision. And obviously, that for some kids and families, uh, independent mobility is really important for the kids to be able to get to school or to, to go to a job. And uh, it, it's not a, a choice um, at that point whether they invest in a car. Uh, on the other hand, for most of us, um, it's not that important. And um, the truth is that fewer teens are driving these days than uh, they did a generation ago. Um, there are just fewer kids who feel the need to learn to drive uh, for whatever reason, whether that's social media or the advent of ride-sharing services. Um, and, you know, you will not get uh, into trouble as a teen driver if you're not actually driving. The problem, I, I guess, is that it does postpone your learning period a little bit. You know, we've seen with graduated driver's licensing laws uh, that impact 16 and 17 year olds, um, they tend to make uh, those drivers safer. But some kids postpone licensing then until they're 18. And we've seen an uptick in um, risk to 18 year old novice drivers because they're still just learning how to drive. They're still teenagers and, um, and they don't have the benefit then of being undergraduated drivers of licensing laws. So, um, you know, I, th I think postponing Making a car available to your teen is one strategy for for keeping them safer, but ultimately they're going to have to learn how to drive and operate a vehicle safely. Absolutely. So wrap it up for us. Dr. Johnston, what do you want parents to know about teaching our kids to drive, getting them that experience, whether they take driver's ed in the summer or through school or through a private agency, whatever, about the importance of being that good role model and the importance of knowing that our kids, you know, we want to give them roots and we want to give them wings. And a car is a huge thing for kids as far as wings go. It gives them that independence. What do you want us to know about that little bit of letting go that we have to do and how we best can do it? Sure. Well, I mean, I, I think you've said it. Uh, parents need to be good role models. Driver's education is is not the solution. It is it is the beginning. It teaches kids the basic rules of the road and how to operate uh, the functions of a car, but it does not provide near the, nearly the level of uh, experience under various conditions that kids need in order to be safe behind the wheel. That's really on the parents and the family uh, to to make the the opportunity in a very conscientious way for kids to experience different driving situations before they're turned out on their own with an independent license, and then have very clear expectations, maybe set out in a contract around when and where kids can drive, who can they can take as a passenger, and then uh, be very clear about your expectations regarding electronic distractions, uh, speed and risky driving, driving after uh, using drugs or alcohol or when you're tired. And uh, yeah, ultimately, it's a leap of faith. We've got to let the kids get behind the wheel. Uh, the good news is most of them do just fine. 
Oh, I'm so glad you said that at the end, Doctor. What a great way to end it. Thank you so much for coming on. And listeners, you can go to the AAP Parent and Teen Driving Agreement and get that at healthychildren.org. That's a great way to access it, and I think it's so important. I did it with both of my children, and we still refer to it today. So, you know, look into doing that because I think it's a great way to place that trust and to be a good role model. You're listening to Healthy Children. Our expert guests are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics in conjunction with their consumer website, Healthy children.org. But we like you to listen on RadioMD.com. Please share these shows with your friends, especially this one. If you have friends who have teens that are starting to drive, share this show and even with your teens so they can hear some of those statistics and maybe it will just make them think twice before they do something that might be considered distracted driving. You can hear how passionate I am about this. I hope you are too. So share this show, share it on social media. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Melanie Cole. Stay well.